feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. you're listening to the Rita Cosby show is crime a laughing matter I don't think so you know tell that to the folks sadly today at Bridgewater College in Richmond Virginia where two officers lost their lives tomorrow in New York there will be another massive funeral to honor slain NYPD officer Wilbert Mora he is the partner of Jason Rivera Remember that scene that all of us saw across the country with thousands of men and women in blue turning out last week. They're going to do it again tomorrow for Jason Rivera's partner, who was also killed during that domestic disturbance by a repeat offender. And these cases are happening over and over again. By the way, later on in the week, also, President Biden is going to be coming to New York City to meet with then New York City Mayor Eric Adams to to discuss crime. I I can't wait to hear what he's going to say, because all I keep hearing is guns, 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 and nothing about bail reform, nothing about this revolving door that is creating this climate to embolden criminals, where criminals are getting more brazen, shootouts taking place in Georgetown, Washington, D.C., by the way, in the middle of the afternoon at a shopping center, a very, very like high-end place in Washington, D.C., These shootings are happening over and over and over again, and criminals are getting more and more brazen because they are not being held accountable. And this White House and so many others seem to be minimizing crime. And I want to get your thoughts tonight as to why you think the White House just sort of is snuffing it off, like, oh, no big deal. If you look at some of the polls, too, clearly Americans are deeply concerned about crime. Some of the latest poll numbers put crime right up there at the top of the list. And they put coronavirus, they put a lot of these other issues way, way down on the list. Because guess what? If you don't feel safe in your own home, then nothing else matters. So what are your thoughts tonight as to should the White House apologize for kind of laughing and making jokes about crime coverage like people are blowing it out of proportion? What crime? You know, it's almost like Cori Bush, of course, the congresswoman, you know, from down south. It's like, you know, what are you talking about? Why should there be armed guards? Why there should there be security people? But yet she has it because she needs it. It's sort of like this kind of tower that they live in, these ivory towers, and have no connection to the average American and to what we care about and what our families care about and how worried we all are on so many cities across this country, big and small, Because the numbers are escalating. And Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana, I love him. He always kind of tells it like it is. He says it all comes down to this woke policy of this administration and many progressives. Take a listen. With respect to crime, I would rather be forced to to listen to OJ jokes for the rest of eternity than to take the advice of President Biden or Governor Newsom. They're both nauseously woke, and one of the cardinal tenets of wokeism is that the criminal is the victim. 
The victim isn't the victim. The criminal is the victim. By the way, and I'm going to talk about this later on in the hour. I could not believe this. In California, they are dismantling death row at San Quentin, saying that they want to make it a safe harbor, a safe location, sort of more of a therapeutic location. Are you kidding me? San Quentin in California, they want to make it a place that's safe where criminals can talk with each other and do a little kumbaya. Guess what? If you have been to San Quentin, and I have been there to cover it as a journalist, the people that are there, you never want to see them see the light of day. These are like the worst of the worst of the worst. Like you've seen the Hannibal Lecter movies. This is what they all look like. It's like Hannibal Lecter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, you know? And they're thinking about making death row for the worst of the worst criminals almost in the world. Let's make it easy on them. Let's have sympathy for them. Where is the talk about the victims? I am so sick of the fact that this administration and so far the Democratic Party has yet to really take on the root of this problem is that they are soft on criminals. They are soft with these DAs that are doing this revolving door that over and over and over again, they are allowing this process to happen. And in fact, in Houston today, there was the funeral that took place For the constable, for the deputy, remember, who was slain there. That was a horrible story. And it was about the guy who was a repeat offender who over and over again never should have seen the light of day. Sounds familiar. This happens over and over again recently in the United States. And at the funeral today, the head there was talking about it. The head, you know, constable talking about the loss of his deputy. And I am so proud of him because he took aim again at the judicial system. And he said, you know what? They have blood on their hands, basically just like this criminal, this soft on crime policy. And it's like the same that we heard again from the widow that was so compelling in New York. But I'm glad that they are speaking out. But we all need to speak out, too, because the White House just doesn't seem to get it. They seem to be so out of touch. And case in point, this is Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, who, again, remember over the weekend on a podcast, which is kind of laughing, thought it was funny that some of the networks were covering crime. You know, why are you not covering, you know, electric vehicles? Why are you not covering climate change? Why are you covering crime? Like, how out of touch and disconnected are they? Take a listen again. This is what Jen Psaki said, kind of mocking news coverage of crime. And police unions today are blasting her big time. If you look at Fox on a daily basis, I mean, do you remember the four boxes that you had that we had on all the TVs, right? Which mm-hmm. is on my TV right now. So right now, just to give you a sense, so CNN, Pentagon, as many as 8,500 U.S. troops on heightened alert. Okay, true. Same on MSNBC. CNBC is doing their own thing about the market. And then on Fox is Janine Pirro talking about soft on crime consequences. I mean, what, what does that even mean? Right. Um, so there's an alternate universe on some uh, coverage. What's scary about it is a lot of people watch that. What's scary is that you think it's actually funny and you think it's something that's being inflated. If people do not feel safe and they have every reason not to feel safe based on the latest statistics and you're sitting there mucking it up and thinking it's like a comedy hour, that is outrageous. What are your thoughts, everybody? It's one 800 Eight four eight nine two 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 one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two, and you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. 
Well, the Fraternal Order of Police, this is a major police union, of course, here in America. They represent officers across the country. They're a great organization. They came out full swinging against Jen Psaki and her kind of mucking it up and belittling Americans' concerns about skyrocketing crime rates. And this is essentially what they had to say. By the way, uh, 28 law enforcement officers shot in the line of duty just in January of this year. I mean, you think about it. January just wrapped up and 28 law enforcement officers were shot in the line of duty. That is an enormous number. Many of them killed, as we know, tragically. And the Fraternal Order of Police came out and said, I think it's wrong, very wrong for Miss Saki to suggest that violent crime in our country is of no concern or to just laugh it off. They said she may feel safe in the White House, one of the most protected buildings in the United States. But not everybody feels safe in their workplace. The world we find ourselves in is dangerous and is becoming increasingly more so. Tens of thousands of people have been victims of crime this month alone, and some of them never made it back home. Bravo to the head of the Fraternal Order of Police. And that is echoed by former homicide detective Ted Williams. Take a listen. It's no joking matter to uh, Officer Wilbert Mara who is being, his wake is being conducted as we speak in New York because he was shot and killed along with his partner, Jason Rivera. It is no joking matter to Corporal Charles Galloway, who was buried today in Houston, Texas, after being involved in an altercation at a, uh, in a, during the course of a traffic stop. Uh, crime is no joking matter in this country. Men and women in this country are dying. Law-abiding citizens are dying. Absolutely. This is nothing to be joking about. And I think tonight, Jen Psaki should come out and apologize. Do the right thing and say, you know what? I shouldn't have been laughing about crime coverage. It's clearly something Americans, we're going to do a better job. I'd like to see them do any job. But don't you think, at minimum... She should come out and tell the fraternal order of police. She should tell the American public, we need to be serious about it, and we're going to set the tone, and we're going to change, and we're going to focus on this. Because guess what? Not only American lives are being lost, but those who protect us, the best of us, the men and women in blue, they are like, there's a war on police tonight, and it is despicable. And for her to be laughing and mucking it up at a time where there are funerals sadly taking place around the country for fallen officers and victims of crime everywhere. This is not a time to be joking about it. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Phil in the Bronx. Phil, what are your thoughts about the White House? And do you think, Phil, that the White House press secretary should apologize? I think she should. Yeah, um, I think it's more than an apology. I think she needs to take a step back and just get to the point of, of what the issues are. It's, it's frightening to think that the White House is, is totally overlooking the, the horrific, absolutely horrific crime wave that's overtaken the United States. Major cities, Chicago, New York, L.A., it's it's it's. It's absolutely unacceptable. I think, actually, between you and me, she should consider a very, very large apology, and more than a, just just a, 
a comeback, you know, it, it's really frightening. I agree, Phil, because I, I think to your point, and Phil, thank you for your call, and I know that you're a veteran. Thank you for your service. Um, I also think that it needs more of, it needs a wake-up call, you know? It, it needs a whole adjustment. Obviously, an apology is a start. It's a recognition, hopefully, that you messed up. Um, but the fact that they think there's something funny about it or they think that people talking about it is like, oh, gosh, how silly are they talking about? Why are they not talking about, you know, uh, electric vehicles? Why are they not talking about windmills? You know, I mean, it just shows how disconnected they are from the American public, from all of us and from reality. Do you think that Saki should apologize? Do you think there needs to be a whole new approach from this Biden White House? And maybe the fact that it's election year, it's midterms, could that be the wake-up call? It shouldn't take that. It shouldn't be about politics. It should be about safety. one 800 848 And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. By the way, some big news just coming in from ABC saying that it is temporarily suspending host Whoopi Goldberg from The View. Remember, she made those very outlandish and totally inappropriate comments about the Holocaust just yesterday. Take a listen. You're missing the the Holocaust isn't about race. No. No. It's well, not about maybe race. Maybe ethnicity. It's, yeah, no, it's about a, a different race. But it's it's not about race. It's not about well, race. What is it about? Because you, it's about man's inhumanity to man. Well, guess what? Uh, the Jews were considered an inferior race. Um, and many of you guys know my father grew up right outside the Warsaw Ghetto, tried to help those inside and outside. For me, this is deeply personal, and I think it's the right move that she is at least temporarily suspended. She tried to kind of walk it back, apologize, and it turned out she doubled down. And then she apologized again today. And again, everybody, the news breaking that ABC News has suspended The View host Whoopi Goldberg for those outrageous and very ill-informed comments about the Holocaust. Uh, It's only a two-week suspension, um, but we'll see what happens after that. And it's a very powerful statement saying her comments were wrong and they were hurtful. Bravo, to ABC, and we're going to be talking about that also later on in the show. In the meantime, we're talking about Jen Psaki and some of the crazy comments that she has made where she's been just kind of laughing it off, mucking it up, no big deal about crime, so completely out of touch. Let's go to the callers. Let's go to JC from Stroudsburg, PA. JC, your thoughts? Should Psaki apologize for kind of just laughing and minimizing crime? Psaki should resign. First of all, they should give her a new title. The Minister of Misinformation, because all she does is spread lies. You know, you know, you know, you made me think of um, Baghdad Bob. Remember Baghdad Bob from uh, during Iraq was like, what bombs? You know, and they were like flying uh, behind him. You'd hear him like rocking the ground and he'd say, oh, no, we're winning the fight. Remember that one? Yeah, this is, this is so disgusting. So but let's put this in proper perspective, okay? George Floyd, and anything I say about black and white, I'm not talking about race because I love all Americans, okay? But you take a, a, a person, okay, George Floyd, okay, a convict, a 
uh, President Biden coddling his parents and uh, apologizing. Uh, Harris was uh, uh, starting a fund for all the people in the riots, blah, blah, blah. They got arrested. Now, here's two, two cops besides the guy in Texas was slaughtered by a criminal who was put out on the street, and he should have been put in jail for the politics of these morons. I agree. Okay. And by the way, you know what I think, JC, too, today, I was so happy to see the constable. That's like the police chief down there in Houston. He called them out and he said, you know what? These soft on crime politicians essentially are just as responsible as that thug. And I thought, bravo to hear a police chief, an amazing man in uniform, just like the widow of Jason Rivera saying the same thing. It is time to get tough. Americans need to speak out. And Saki needs to start by eating crow. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue, hundreds gathered in the last few hours, uh, leading up to thousands, actually, up until a few hours ago, gathering for the wake for fallen New York City police officer Wilbert Mora, who died after he was shot by a domestic violence suspect who was a repeat offender. Uh, And remember, he was killed alongside his partner, Detective Jason Rivera. Now, Mora, a 27-year-old officer with the New York City Police Department's 32nd Precinct in Harlem, died on January 25th, four days after he suffered a gunshot wound to his head. His funeral is going to be taking place tomorrow at St. Patrick's Cathedral, and I will be attending uh, to show my support for the men and women in blue. And we are talking about how important it is to honor our great law enforcement. And one of the most heartbreaking stories, and this story that we just talked about with Wilbert Mora and Jason Rivera, and also as we think about with what's been happening across the country, are these stories of these repeat offenders who never should have even been out on the street. It's just shocking. It is horrible. And when you see their rap sheet, you're like, why was this guy even out? I mean, why was he even out years ago after the first, second, third offense? I mean, there are cases like the one in uh, the furniture store killing, remember, of Brianna Kupfer? That guy had at least 11 arrests. It's unbelievable. It's like, uh, what, uh, like, how do you get a pass 11 times for violent crimes, continuous assault? The writing was on the wall. And today it was an extraordinary moment in Houston where the head, basically the constable, the police chief there in Houston, who lost one of his deputies to a repeat offender, an illegal immigrant who never should have crossed the border, who's wanted on murder charges in El Salvador, also wanted on assaulting an officer previously in the United States. And yet he was able to roam freely and during a traffic stop, open fire and killed a deputy there in Houston. And today we heard from the head of the Houston Police Department. This was so powerful to hear from the sheriff's department there to hear him basically say the blame does not just lie on this repeat offender. It lays on the system. Those in authority who are coddling the criminals and enabling this behavior have culpability just as those who are pulling the trigger. Bravo, because that is so true. It was such a wake-up call. And here is a little bit more of what he had to say during the eulogy for his deputy. 
Those who are in power, those who are making decisions, those who are setting policy, those who are elected, those who are appointed, I ask you to do one thing, and that is to have the courage that Chuck had. Have the courage to do what's right. Have the courage to make decisions that protect the innocent. Have the courage to pass laws and then govern within those laws. And he said, enough is enough. We are fed up. He also said, we're emotionally drained. We are physically drained. And that was the same sentiment, remember, that we heard from the widow of NYPD officer Jason Rivera during the funeral that took place last week again tomorrow is his partner, Wilbert Mora. And this is what Dominic Rivera, who's the widow of Jason Rivera, said last week. I think the whole country was just gripped when she said this during the eulogy. The system continues to fail us. We are not safe anymore. Not even the members of the service. I know you were tired of these laws, especially the ones from the new DA. I hope he's watching you speak through me right now. Wow. It's just every time I hear it, I get choked up. What are your thoughts about that, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And as the White House seems to think that crime is not a problem, there have been continuous shootings. And in fact, just in the last few hours, thank goodness they got the suspected gunman. He's in custody after two campus police officers were fatally shot at a college, a liberal arts college in Virginia, uh, Bridgewater College. And two officers who were beloved there on campus were shot uh, just about one o'clock this afternoon. How horrible by an armed suspect who fled the scene. And here's a little bit of the dispatch call when that happened. Floyd Hall, 403 East College Street, five shots fired, two suspects down on the ground. Two security officers have been shot, one possible priority for, and one is moving. They're attempting to question officers that arrived unknown where the shooter lands. Sheriff's office. How sad, and those two officers lost their lives. Um, here is a little bit from one of the senior students there at Bridgewater College today describing what was going on. All of a sudden we heard another two, and everyone just dropped to the floor. We all just dropped and laid, laid in the building, barricaded ourselves, and just waited it out until everyone got here to help us. And how many bangs did you hear? I would say about three to four. Three to four. Um, how unbelievable and how scary to hear that just describing sort of what he was experiencing and then hearing that dispatch call and the fact that those officers lost their lives adding to the sad total of how many officers have lost their lives just this month alone think about this uh just the past month alone i mean here we are just starting february and already in january we have had record number of officers killed and skyrocketing crime across the country and i don't think Jen Psaki seems to get it. I don't think so. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. What is it going to take for this White House to understand how serious crime is for all of us Americans who want our families to be safe? Let's go to Steve in New Jersey. Steve, your thoughts about this. Go ahead. 
Oh, hi. I don't know whether anyone really thinks that more gun laws are going to uh, prevent these criminals from getting the guns anyway. I, by the um, way, I'm Steve, sure Steve and, and I'll let you finish. I agree with you. I don't think that that is the answer. I mean, look, New York, no. for example, is one of the stiffest gun laws in the country and they're skyrocketing crime. Um, it, it's it's the bad guys are going to get guns illegally. Um, so what, you're going to clamp down on legal gun owners? How does that make sense? Well, apparently, you know, uh, stop and frisk was considered inappropriate because they were concerned. These uh, these policymakers were more concerned about infringements of uh, rights of certain peoples, et cetera. But this is ridiculous. Uh, what about the rights of people to walk down the street without being harmed? Anyway? I agree. Uh, and I, these big cities need to bring back that kind of policing, including New York. But big cities across the country need to say we need to allow our officers to be unfettered if they have an instinct and they want to stop somebody and question them and frisk them. Uh, you know, if that can prevent serious crimes, that's a good thing, don't you think, Steve? I would think so. But, you know, this this administration, uh, and Saki is the representative thereof, they deny the crime. They deny the border problem. They deny, they, they deny people being shipped all over the country anyway but with their policies uh, via uh, airplanes for these uh, new immigrants, et cetera. They deny inflation. They deny any any problems with drugs in this country. For, that's going to be the next thing. They're going to de- deny any, any drug problem in this country anyway. Basically, it's just a, it is a misinformation uh, company over here. This, it's just a completely corrupt administration anyway and Saki is representative of that of that she should resign the administration should resign yeah it is it's appalling and you know it's so scary steve thank you for the call because it's like he's only been in office guys a little over a year literally a year and a few days i mean think about the damage and think about how different this country sadly looks and as you touch on the border i mean there're just so many issues right now and the fact that that border is wide open. The fact that crime is escalating, the fact that we have repeat offenders that are crossing the border and we have repeat offenders that are living in the United States crossing state lines without any repercussion. And they don't seem to be getting a wake up call. It's like, what does it take? I mean, how much do you need to hear that the person has a rap sheet a mile long and you're still not getting it that this could be a violent person, that you seem to be so caught up in this woke attitude of making sure that the criminal is treated well, as opposed to talking to the victims, as opposed to saying, at some point, this person is a threat to others. I I mean, I'm sorry. You know, I've never been a judge because I would say, next, lock them up. Next, lock her up. Next, you know, I don't care what color skin they are. If they're a bad person, that's it. Let's go to Jason from Brooklyn. Jason, go ahead. You're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Oh, hey, Rita. How are you? I love your show. I always listen when I can. Oh, thank you, Jason. Thank you. It is so refreshing to hear an honest voice in the media today. It's amazing. Like every single news channel is just like spewing out nonsense. Thank you. I know you. I know you kind of passed this, but I wanted to talk about uh, little well, red and, line. And, and by the way, by the way, before you get to that, thank you because I believe in yep. just kind of telling it like it is. I think that that's I love you that know about you. that's important. I think it's, it's it's like your best quality. Like there's there's no filter, and you're always honest. You know. <laughs> thank it's, you, it's Jason. So refreshing. Thank you. So Jen Psaki, a little red lying hood, let me get this straight. So she's the press secretary and she manages the press to speak to the president. However, whenever Jen Psaki's in the office, 
we don't see uh, Joe Biden anywhere because she, oh, no questions. Oh, he's not ready. Or uh, I can't answer to that. Right. What is it? What what kind of press secretary is that? Right? And then she's being snarky to the American public and think, like thinking that like she's going to have like an Instagram following. Like, how does she get away with just this outpouring of nonsense? Like, she doesn't answer questions. He doesn't answer questions. Right. And like, that's her job. You know, the interesting thing, Stacey, uh, you bring up some great points about Saki, Jason, because um, a lot of it is that she gets away with it. And I mean that is getting back to your point about the media. The media should be hammering her and asking her these questions and the president. I mean, a classic case in point was that last big news conference where, to his credit, he did answer a lot of questions. Remember, he got a little testy, certainly with a number of reporters. But he did answer a lot of questions. None of the reporters had asked him about crime. You know, I mean, it's like... Like, he's getting a free pass on a lot of the tough stuff. So is she. And when you have certain media and you only have maybe four or five of them that would be willing to ask that question and then they don't get called on. Some of it is, you know, is them getting picked or not picked. But if they don't get called on, they got to overshout and say, hey, what about this? What it like force them to answer? You know, it's like it's like the media. A lot of the media are also living in that same sort of bubble. And because they agree with Saki and they agree with Biden, I mean, the, the different kind of coverage that this president and this White House is getting compared to what Trump went through every single day and not even just Trump. I mean, think about how, you know, Sean Spicer was getting hammered all the time and mocked every single day. Remember on Saturday Night Live and, you know, Kayleigh McEnany was getting blasted left and right. I mean, it was like anybody associated with Trump was getting blasted and the media needs to do its job and be fair to everybody and also Ask the tough questions of everybody, and they are getting such a pass. But the good news is, Jason, on a happy note, I feel like American people are getting fed up. And when you have law enforcement officials, like we heard Alex Villanueva in Los Angeles, who was speaking out against Gascon, the the big soft on crime DA there. And then you heard the Houston constable talking, as you just heard, blasting. And you heard the widow of Jason Rivera. I mean, when you hear from these people who we all have to listen to every word that they say, um, from their own experiences and obviously this enormous loss that Jason Rivera's widow went through. Um, these people, uh, we need to hear their voices and hopefully America's hearing their voices and hopefully politicians get all voted out. If they are soft on crime, I think maybe we're hitting hopefully a bit of a breaking point where the average American is not being fooled by this like soft on crime Saki and soft on crime Biden administration. Let's go to Norman in Brooklyn. Norman, your thoughts. Go ahead, Norm. Yeah, hi, Rita. Um, yeah, it's clear Jen Psaki and the blue state politicians don't really are not taking crime very seriously. Uh, as a victim of a violent assault last week in our nation's capital by a street transient. That's right. You told me. I hope, by the way, Norman, first and foremost, I hope you're OK. Yeah, well, they told me so far I don't need surgery, but I do have a splint on my arm and, you know, and uh Anyway, the guy who hit me, it looks like I'm going to be okay. I mean, I don't know. If if the uh, if the fracture becomes displaced, then they may have to do surgery. But Did right they now, catch the guy, Norm? Did they catch yes, the thug? They caught, they caught the guy. He's a, He is a felon. He has committed other violent crimes. I oh. got that from the prosecutor. Uh, they 
charged him with simple assault because you can smack somebody in the head for no reason at all, apparently, in this country. And then they release you two days later. And if you're a street transient, you're supposed to he's supposed to return for some kind of a hearing uh, in March 24th. Um, but whether he, con- he shows up or not, I don't know. He lives in a tent in front of Amtrak, so, you know, he could be anywhere. Oh, my God. Uh, Norm, you know what's interesting? Hearing your story, you're, you know, Norm, it's, it's sadly like such a, an indicative case. I mean, all, a lot of these crimes across the country. Remember, the, like we were talking about the furniture crime, the store in uh, Los Angeles. It was a homeless guy. It was kind of moved into a shelter nearby and then walked into the store, stabbed the girl. Remember in the middle of the morning on a Saturday morning, and then this that happened to you, um, it, it's it is unbelievable. And then you find out the guy's a repeat offender. Wow! Um, first and foremost, Norman, um, we love you. I know you've called into the show before, and I'm so glad that you are okay. First and foremost, that is the most important thing. And I hope they throw the book at this guy, but I hope they also keep track of him because just like you said, if they're homeless or they don't have an address, it's like oh my gosh! Thank goodness. You are okay, but this is a classic example of what's gone wrong with our whole crazy system. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show. And you know what kind is happening all over the country. It seems like it's an epiphany to the Biden White House and Jen Psaki, who seems to be laughing about it, where there is absolutely no laughing matter. And especially to store owners and others. Uh, case in point, a jewelry store owner, Usman Body, talking about how suddenly he saw these smash and grabbers kind of casing out his jewelry store over and over again. He had his legally owned handgun and took matters into his own hands and scared them off. It's incredible to see. But here he is describing what happened at his store in the Bay Area of California. That those incidents had started like in October. So it's been like four months. And then we all been waiting for that moment, you know, like because they're going everywhere. So uh, luckily I was standing outside and I was, you know, like I, I really stopped them. So that's that's what happened. It's been it's been sad. Boy, and then he said he went to politicians, and this is the response he got. They're, they're, they're telling me, like, giving me a thumbs up, but still, uh, the reason that I speak out, that's uh, uh, nothing has happened, actually. I really wanted to reach out to those uh, uh, lawmakers to do something, but nothing happened. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. And by the way, it fits with this whole soft on crime philosophy that's happening around the country. And, you know, you look at especially some of these liberal cities and liberal states, case in point, California. I I actually thought this was almost a joke when I heard the news that Gavin Newsom, of course, the governor there who put a moratorium on the death penalty on executions. He did that three years ago. And this is why he said that he's against the death penalty. Take a listen. Premeditated murder is wrong in all its forms and manifestation, including government-sponsored premeditated murder. I don't support the death penalty. I never have. So he put a moratorium there, and now the most infamous prison probably in the world, San Quentin State Prison in California, is turning its death row into, quote, a positive healing environment, basically moving all the folks who are on death row to con- basically other prisons 
And the plan is to move them within two years, saying that he's trying to con- create sort of a positive environment, something, a place of healing on death row. Are you kidding me? To me, this is absolutely outrageous. Now, I've been to death row on San Quentin a couple times, and I went there to cover a number of very heinous criminals, heinous murderers. I can tell you the people that are there on death row are the worst of the worst. And if you take a look at it, if you look at them in the eyes, you think Hannibal Lecter looks like the ice cream guy. I mean, there's some pretty scary dudes there that are on death row. And I remember going there, walking in. I was covering Stanley Tukey Williams, who was the former leader of the Crips, you know, the big gang in Los Angeles. He was on death row for multiple murders. I remember talking to him on death row, and the prison guards were walking around the cell literally with submachine guns. And Stanley Tukey Williams, who was the leader of the Crips, looked like the best guy of the batch. If you could have seen the guy next to me on the other sort of encompassed area, Look like uh, Hannibal Lecter's, you know, uh, you know, grandfather. I mean, it was scary stuff. This is who's on death row, or was on death row in California, and this is who Gavin Newsom and these liberal politicians say, "Oh, we have to turn it into a positive place. We have to have sympathy on them. What about sympathy on the victims? What about getting tough on criminals and stop with the soft on crime policies?" You've been listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show. And you're listening to the Rita Cosby Show. Some big news coming out of ABC News in the last little bit that Whoopi Goldberg is getting the air taken out of her Whoopi cushion that they are suspending her from The View for at least two weeks after she made outrageous comments about the Holocaust, saying that it was, quote, not about race. It's sort of part of that left leaning liberal culture where it's like, okay, race only has to do with black people. It doesn't have to do with Jewish people, I think is basically this mindset of where she's coming from. She even said, you know, it was sort of white against white. How could that be race? Well, anybody who lived through the Holocaust and my father saw it firsthand. My father, many of my father's comrades, by the way, were taken to Auschwitz. Had my father been captured earlier in the war and my father was ultimately captured Had my father been captured earlier, he would have been taken to Auschwitz, and many of his comrades were taken to Auschwitz early on. My father was a Polish resistance freedom fighter who was fighting with everything he could as a teenage citizen soldier and grew up right outside the Warsaw Ghetto and saw some of the most horrible things you can imagine and tried to help those inside and those outside the ghetto and then fought finally as part of the Warsaw Uprising, trying to save his country and trying to fight for freedom. But... My father would say, absolutely, not only put her on suspension, but fire her if he was alive today, because he just found anybody who would minimize the Holocaust or not understand how horrible it was and not understand that it was an attack against a race of people that they were considered the, quote, inferior race outrageously by the Nazis. 
uh, is just reprehensible. We cannot rewrite history. We cannot minimize it. And for anybody, especially an educated woman who is on a major talk show, to not understand that to me is shocking. At this day and age, that is absolutely shocking. She's on The View every day talking about events and doesn't understand that it had anything to do with race because what? Because they weren't black? I mean, is this, are we have gone so left, so woke? Are they so insulated that they don't even understand one of the most horrible, horrible stains in the world? Some of the most evil moments in the entire world. It is shocking, absolutely shocking. And again, ABC News putting out the statement that they are suspending the View host Whoopi Goldberg after she falsely declared that the Holocaust was, quote, not about race. Take a listen. This is one of the statements that really sparked everything just yesterday. The Holocaust isn't about race. No. No. It's well, not about maybe race. Maybe ethnicity. It is. Yeah, no, it's Jews about a different it race. But it's, it's not about race. It's not about well, race. What is it about? Because you, it's about man's inhumanity to man. And people went crazy. Even the view hosts, the co-hosts there went crazy. And then Whoopi tried to clean it up, but actually ended up doubling it down when she went on Stephen Colbert last night. That is what race means to me. Mm-hmm. When you talk about uh, being a racist, I was saying you can't call this racism. This was evil. Mm-hmm. This wasn't this wasn't based on the skin. You couldn't tell who was Jewish. Mm-hmm. They had to delve deeply to figure it out. Well, I don't think the Nazis had to delve too deeply. They could pretty much go after who they believe was Jewish, who they thought was Jewish. Uh, it wasn't too hard for the Nazis to figure it out, to treat Jews like the inferior race, which was outrageous. It was despicable. It was just, it, it, to me, the fact that Whoopi Goldberg didn't get it because it wasn't about black people to me is just outrageous. And again, ABC News throwing the book at Whoopi Goldberg um, and suspending her for two weeks. Is that enough? We're going to take your calls later on in this hour on the Rita Cosby show. Should ABC News have gone further? Is two weeks just a slap on the wrist? I'm glad that they're suspending her because her comments are outrageous. She clearly didn't get it. Even when she went on the Stephen Colbert show, she was just trying to explain it. And it made it worse and worse. If anything, it just revealed how out of touch and how woke she is. You know, that if it's not about black people, it can't be that somebody was treated as an inferior race. Is it that you're so caught up in white people being the oppressor that there couldn't be white on white, you know, uh, oppression that that can't exist in this world? Are you kidding me? I mean, is she so bought, you know, caught up in her own little world of that everything is about the black people that... You look at what happened in the Holocaust, and my goodness, when you think about the worst moments in the world history, I mean, I think about slavery, I think about the Holocaust, and for her to basically say, oh, that's not about race, you know, that that wasn't like a, an overreaching, trust me, it was overreaching. Six million Jews were killed during the Holocaust, and it, it's, it to me, the fact that somebody who is on a major network does not understand that. And it had to kind of keep digging herself in and trying to explain it and trying to explain it is outrageous. And I say bravo to ABC News. I want to hear your thoughts tonight. 1-800-848-9222. We are also talking about immigration and crime because Republicans today were really trying to push hard and send a message to this administration. They've been trying to do it in the last few days 
basically saying, you know about those secret flights that we saw some of the video of going into different airports across the country. There were some that were going into Tennessee. Senator Marsha Blackburn was talking about them. Ron DeSantis talked about dozens going just into Jacksonville alone last summer in Florida. Many of them across the country, also into Westchester County Airport in New York. And one of the most explosive things was when Rob Astorino, he's the Westchester County Executive in New York, revealed this video to the country. He had to get it through a FOIA request. And this was essentially showing contractors talking secretly on tape. This is the body cam footage of law enforcement talking as they're seeing these migrants getting off the plane in the dead of night into Westchester. Remember, the White House was like, I don't know what you're talking about. What planes? And then suddenly you see the planes clear as day and they go, oh, no, that's not a secret. Oh, yeah. Well, then why are you sending them in the middle of the night? And then where are they going when they come in in the middle of the night to these airports? They cross the border illegally. Then they're being flown into cities across the country. Well, here's a little bit of that explosive video. And this is one of the conversations that was captured on that footage where one of the officials basically says, no, we can't tell anybody about it because we are basically betraying America. We're betraying the American public. Who could forget this? I get the whole secrecy and all this but this is even about my thing. You know why? The government is betraying the American people. They know it's wrong. Um, By the way, coming up here on the show in just about uh, seven or eight minutes or so, we are going to have here the former commissioner of Customs and Border Protection, Mark Morgan, who has been on the border so often. He, of course, was the head of border protection there under President Trump. And he's going to join us to tell us what he thinks about the fact that the administration to this day is still not telling anybody, not even members of Congress, what happened to these migrants, not just the ones that flew into that airport, but ones that have been flown into airports across the country. Why can we not get an answer as to what happened to them? Where did they go? Who were they? What communities did they end up in? How many flights were there? Where Are we talking dozens upon dozens? Are we talking hundreds upon hundreds? We don't know. What do you think? We have absolutely no idea. And this comes on the heels as we are waiting to get information on a report about, remember when they were investigating the so-called whipping of migrants? And remember they were blasting migrants there and saying, you know, blasting the border agents saying, you know, why are you whipping? And even the photographer said, no, they weren't whipping. They were just using their reins to move back their horses. And remember, Biden was attacking them. Everybody was attacking them. Everybody. Well, the administration said that we're going to come out with a report and we're going to really condemn these agents. Well, it turns out they haven't released the report of that, too. Why? Because maybe the report exonerates the agents and they don't want to apologize for that. Wow, wow, wow. Well, when we come back, we are going to talk to the former commissioner of Customs and Border Protection, Mark Morgan. Get his take on all of this and also take your calls. one 800 Eight four eight nine two two two. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And this is the Rita Cosby Show. Republicans are demanding to know where those migrants went when they got off those secret flights across America. Remember, in the middle of the night. Here is former Border Chief Ron Vitello saying what he thinks it's all about. 
And all they've got to do is be a little bit more transparent so they can stop having this conversation about what, what might or might not be secret flights, but they could just tell everybody what's going on. The reason they don't want to talk about it, but they have to expose the volume of activity that's going on in the border that's been created by right. the, the, the lack of coherent policy at the beginning of this administration. And joining us now is the former commissioner of U.S. Customs and Border Protection, Mark Morgan. Mark, great to have you here on the show. Thanks for having me as always, Rita. You know, it's amazing because it seems like Republican leaders and most importantly, the American public still can't get answers on where these migrant flights went in the dead of night. Um, and also, where did these migrant, you know, migrants go after the flights landed? We, it, it's a basic question. What communities, where did they go? What homes? We can't get any answers. Yeah, Rita, I can tell you from, from you know, my, my time serving under President Trump as the commissioner, I'm telling you right now, when the Democrats were asking for data, if we had slow rolled, delayed the, the, the incredible lack of transparency, I'm telling you, I would have been vilified. We would have been eviscerated. I, I would have had staff and, and, and congressmen and women that call me up every single day demanding. They would have had hearings. I, I mean, right, it would have gone on and on and on. It's unconscionable that, that congressional members cannot get a straight answer uh, from this administration. And look, look, I get asked all the time, you know, Mark, you must be frustrated that they dismantle every effective tool that you have and the successes that you achieve. I said, yeah, clearly. But I'm also equally frustrated that they're lying to the American people about everything that's happening in our southwest border. Well, you know, it's amazing. As there are stories on Ukraine and elsewhere, it's like, OK, we're thinking about protecting the border of Ukraine, uh, but yet we are not concerned about sending troops to protect our border. It's such an incredible double standard just in general. Yeah, we, we, you know, we talked earlier. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more with you. Look, even the, the President Biden's deputy uh, national security advisor talked about how one of the fundamental aspects of any country is their sovereignty. But yet, so so Ukraine sovereignty is important to consider and protect, but not our own. And like you said, he'll send over almost 9,000 troops to help protect and secure the borders of Ukraine, but he refuses to secure our own borders, jeopardizing every aspect of our nation's public health, safety, and national security. It, it's, it's nonsensical, it's hypocrisy, and it's absolutely dangerous. And everybody, we're talking to the former commissioner of U.S. Customs and Border Protection, the great Mark Morgan. Mark, you know, it's amazing. You almost can't write the script. He has a meeting yesterday with governors, uh, Republicans and Democrats. He kind of meanders a little bit into immigration, won't talk about the flights, starts talking, and then his aides cut him off like they're afraid what he's going to say. Yeah, and, and I think more importantly, so I agree, I think more importantly is, is like what he's not going to be able to answer, like the flights. The president has no idea, Rita. He doesn't know what's going on. He, he, he is not he's not making the decision about the catastrophe at the border. Those flights right now, the president has no idea that someone can illegal. And those flights are mainly dealing around unaccompanied minors. Then an unaccompanied minor can break into our country. They're released over to HHS, the Office of Refugee Resettlement. And then at taxpayers expense, what they're doing is they're coordinating with entities in states throughout the country to fly the unaccompanied minors and hold them in uh, uh, facilities there while they try to find a spot. Sponsor, and then once they find a sponsor, they're released anywhere in the United States and, of course, never to be heard from again. And they're allowed to remain in the country illegally. It is shocking. And it is such a national security threat. I want to also ask you about just the morale 
uh, border protection and individuals that you talk to who are there on the front lines. I mean, talk about what a fight they have. And they're fighting even openly, it seems, with Secretary Mayorkas, the head of Homeland Security. Have you ever seen anything like that where all these videos have been leaking out where they're just speaking out? They cannot take it anymore. Yeah, Rita, I, I think that's a, uh, I think that's the right way to describe it. They, they just can't take it anymore. They're beyond frustrated. They're at their wits' ends. Look, all they're asking to do is to do their job to secure our country and protect our borders. They're, it's not like they're asking for an increase of pay or more vacation days. They're at, they're asking to just continue to risk their lives to protect this nation. And it's you're right. It's unprecedented. I mean, you actually had a border patrol agent turn his back. On the secretary, a cabinet level official, and also their own chief, Raul Ortiz. They confronted him this past week as well. And, and the chief, it was, un, I've never seen a worse display of leadership than, than I did coming, seeing from uh, 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 Chief Ortiz. I mean, he was yelling at them, he was uh, talking over them, he was interrupting them, he was refusing to listen to them. And all they were saying and trying to convey to him is, Chief, our borders are open. And look, real quick, Rita, is that, look, here, here's one. I know these men and women on the border. Look, every time there's a drug overdose, it hurts. They know that there's been 100,000 drug overdoses, and the majority of drugs come from the southwest border. And the two officers that were just killed uh, recently in Texas, one at the hands of an illegal alien, that hurts them. They feel that, and they know that this is happening more and more because our borders are wide open because of this administration's policies. You know, I'm um, speaking of morale. And, and by the way, that was such a horrible story. The repeat offender who was accused of heinous crimes in El yeah. Salvador, uh, heinous crimes in America. I agree. He never should have been walking free, Mark Morgan. You know, I think about also just the morale of law enforcement. Before I let you go, the fact that the White House has not released the report. Remember where they were supposed to be reviewing the uh, accused whipping that they were saying of migrants by agents on horseback. So they take away the horseback from the guys on the border, which was such a vital tool to be able to even help migrants that were like in the desert and stuck and everything else, um, accuse them of, of basically whipping them. Even the photographer who was there said, no, they weren't whipping them. They were just, re- you know, corralling the horses like you typically do. Um, and yet they won't release the report. I wonder why. I think it's because they know what's in it would exonerate, you know, the border agents and make the administration look bad. Again, once again, I, I couldn't agree more with you. And look, this is just another reason of countless of why they have no trust, no confidence in the secretary and their own chief, which, by the way, he remains silent during all of this. These are moments that define leaders. The chief of the border patrol, Raul Ortiz, should have stood up for them and made it very clear that these were not whips, they were reins, and they were not whipping individuals. But he remains silent. That is cowardly behavior. And I think you're absolutely right. Look, the secretary the president, they use their bully puppets, puppets to, to chastise, to scapegoat and vilify these agents before a single interview had been done with respect to the investigation. And now they've realized that everything they said was a lie and they're trying to hide it from the American people. I agree. Outrageous. Mark Morgan, always great to get your perspective. Thank you so much, Mark. Thanks, Rita. And when we come back, we're going to take your calls. You heard why Mark Morgan thinks that this administration doesn't want to tell the American public about who was released on those secret flights, won't apologize to the border agents. Remember, they were just slammed by him and Kamala Harris. What do you think is behind the fact that they are so hush-hush and they're worried about the Ukraine border? What about our border? 1-800-848-9222. 
Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And this is Rita Cosby in our Support Our Heroes segment, which I love that we do every night. A 100-year-old veteran was honored and recognized by the Twin Tiers Honor Flight Organization in Binghamton, New York. They hosted a reunion for the Mission 11 Honor Flight at the event. 100-year-old World War II veteran Harold Gary was announced as the ambassador extraordinaire for his remarkable and continued support and dedication. Harold Gary joined the U.S. Navy in October 1942 and served for the duration of World War II. Now, to celebrate his 100th birthday in May of 2021, by the way, he held a fundraiser walk at the Montrose High School there to help benefit the Honor Flight program raising thousands upon thousands of dollars to help send other World War II veterans to visit the World War II Memorial in D.C. and elsewhere. Bravo to the greatest generation still giving back at the ripe young age of 100. What a great, great story. And I always love that we here on the Rita Cosby Show always support our heroes. Well, I think because of that, I get so angry when I see this administration really diminishing Border Patrol agents and our law enforcement agents who are just trying to do such a good job at the border but are overwhelmed by these numbers. And then those working at the airports are overwhelmed with these suddenly secret flights. Well, yesterday, the border, the Biden administration had a meeting with a whole bunch of of governors from around the country, and it included some Republican governors who were like, okay, great, now I have a chance to maybe ask the president about border and about immigration. And take a listen, because some questions were fired out to President Biden, and then in the middle of it all, his aides were like, uh 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 we can't have him speak. God forbid, because, you know, he kind of does stream of consciousness. He says way too much. He didn't call them a stupid SOB, But he did get interrupted. Take a listen. But having said that, why don't I stop and uh, take any questions you all may have? And they tell me I'm supposed to call on Governor Cox first. Great. I think we'll have Supreme Court candidates. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Let's go. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Let's go. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Wow. You know it's bad when he can't even answer a question from a governor. Like, oh, no, 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 don't let him speak. God forbid. He's the president of the United States. Don't let him say, yeah, our borders are wide open and I'm really thrilled about it. That's probably what he would say. And they're afraid of that. Well, Biden, of course, in the past, and it wasn't that long ago that he was blasting. Remember the Border Patrol, too. He was also just so terrible when those pictures came out. Remember of the guys on horseback? And, it, you know, the guy who took the picture said, no, they weren't whipping the migrants at Del Rio Bridge. They were using the reins, pulling back the horses. Anybody who's used horses, I have a lot of friends who are horseback riders. I've ridden. I'm not that good, but I've ridden. And they all say, oh, yeah, we use the reins to pull back the horses. That's normal process. Even the guy who took the picture said, no, they were not whipping the migrants. The border agents were not whipping the migrants. They were just pulling the horses back like they normally do. Well, even back then. The president just jumped to conclusions and blasted law enforcement. Take a listen. Remember this? 
to see people treated like they did, horses barely running over, people being strapped, it's outrageous. I promise you those people will pay. They will be an investigation underway now, and there will be consequences. There will be consequences. It's an embarrassment, but it's beyond an embarrassment. It's dangerous. It's wrong. It sends the wrong message around the world. It sends the wrong message at home. It's simply not who we are. And Vice President Kamala Harris, not to be outdone, basically equated it to slavery. I I mean, it was outrageous. Take a listen. This is what she said the same day. Human beings should not be treated that way. And as we all know, it also evoked images of some of the worst moments of our history where that kind of behavior has been used against the indigenous people of our country, has been used against African-Americans during times of slavery. And um, so I'm glad to, to know that, that Ali Mayorkas, the secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, is taking it very seriously. So he said, OK, we're going to do an immediate investigation and we're going to have results of that come out in the next 24, 48 hours. That was September 24th. They have yet to release it. And guess what? You heard from Mark Morgan, the former commissioner of Customs and Border Patrol right here on the show a few minutes ago. I think we all know why. I think they came to the conclusion that clearly there was nothing run by the border agents. They didn't do anything wrong. And the last thing this administration wants to do is admit that they jumped the gun. Well, Ron DeSantis is trying to put the pedal to the metal to this administration you know, on supporting border agents, but also on stopping those secret flights in the middle of the night that we were just talking about. In fact, he has basically gone to court to stop it because he said that even last summer alone, 70 flights came in the middle of the night to Jacksonville. Can you imagine 70 flights alone that he knows of just into Jacksonville alone? And that's why he has taken this administration to court. So stay tuned. We are litigating with them. Uh, we are getting more and more. John Rutherford has helped us get information. Fortunately, since this has become an issue, we haven't seen any flights um, since it's become an issue. Now, we're not convinced that that's going to be the case going forward. Yeah, that's why they're just sending them to everywhere else across the country. one 800 848 You are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Jen in Boston. Jen, your thoughts about this? I mean, there are so many things that are wrong with it that we don't have an accounting of how many people were on these flights, whether it was going into Jacksonville or going to Westchester or Tennessee, wherever it was all over the country. Um, We don't know how many flights. We don't know how many people. We don't know where they are. We don't know if they have a criminal record. Um, And then they have yet to even release that study to the border agents, too. They have yet to apologize to the border agents, too. The poor people are they're being overrun. They're, they, they're working basically with their hands tied behind their backs because this administration isn't supporting them. And then they want us to think that our eyes are lying, you know, that those flights, oh, they're not secret. Oh, don't worry about it. I, I mean, the whole thing is just it's, it's shocking, Jennifer. It's, it's unbelievable. It certainly is, Rita. Oh, a couple of quick points. Let's not forget that one of those flights that went into Florida ended up with a man that chose to sponsor a supposed 17-year-old who was really a 24-year-old, ended up being killed by that illegal immigrant. That's Um, right. That's right. That horrible case. That's absolutely right. I'm glad you reminded us of that. One already that we know of. But a couple of other quick things. Let's not forget that Biden, one of his first moves was to shut down the office within the White House that President Trump had set up for um, 
Americans that were victims of violent uh, illegal aliens, you know, mostly people that had been murdered, raped, violently assaulted, mostly murder victims. Um, that's where their families could go for assistance with this office within the White House. And uh, Miriam Mendoza, her son, Brandon Mendoza, um, who was a police officer and killed by an illegal, um, was running that office. Biden shut it down. And you know what he set it up with? It's a place where uh, illegal immigrants can now go when they feel aggrieved by an American citizen. Think about how rich that is. And that's amazing. By the way, I knew that he had shut it down. I didn't realize that it was replaced by, uh, like, uh, of all things, you know, uh, aggrieved illegal immigrants location. I mean, that's such a slap in the face to Miss Mendoza and so many others who've been sadly victimized by this. If I could real quick, um, and I heard a heartbreaking thing tonight on the news. I mean, I'm very familiar with illegal immigrant crime. Many people don't know that there's a Kenyan down in Texas who's a serial killer. Um, You can look him up, Rita. At one point, he was being investigated for hundreds, but it was at least a dozen that he was being fully charged with, that he fit the MO for hundreds. Um, All older women, mostly Hispanic, that he had murdered and robbed. Um, But up here, we had... um, we had two legal immigrants. They were legal. They were anesthesiologists at a big Boston hospital. An illegal immigrant broke into their home, robbed them, and slit both of their throats and killed them. And tonight I, I heard uh, on our local news and, um, a segment. They were looking for rides for um, veterans to go to um, hospitals and doctor's appointments. And I thought at this moment, now just think of all the crime I just listed. You know the thousands upon thousands that no one knows anything about. We, we, just, we just put out a contract through the federal government for $136 million to fly these illegals in and around the country. And yet we are looking, sorry, we are having to beg people to come. They don't pay for these veterans to go to their appointments, Rita. Do you oh, understand what I'm saying? I do. Well, we, I do. By the way, Jen, what a contrast, as you're saying. You know, I mean, I'm so glad you're talking about this. You're right. Why are we not paying for our veterans to be able to make it to their appointments? Where, boy, if they deserve the help, you know, anybody does. They and law enforcement, of course, I think, should get whatever they can to help them. And yet, you're right. The that massive amount of money uh, to move illegal immigrants, and you bring up a great point because it, we're all paying for it. Guess what? It's coming from taxpayer money. That's why we have a right to know. It's not like it's some private corporation. It's American taxpayer dollars that's moving these people. And boy, are our priorities in this administration, this Biden administration, out of whack that we're not helping our veterans and we're helping illegal immigrants. Um, Jen, thank you. That That's really important. We have to draw attention to this and say this is completely unfair and outrageous. Thank you, Jen, for the call. By the way, you know, I also take comments on Twitter, everybody. You can send me comments at Rita Cosby, again, at Rita Cosby. And I want to read a comment from Catherine Trunk, who sent me and says, the Biden administration needs to come clean about why customs is being treated like a hospitality industry. That is a great point, Catherine. It is. It's like, you know, it's like the welcome mat. Come on in. Let's go to Eric in Manhattan. Eric, real quick, go ahead, your thoughts. Hey, Rita, it all ties in with the original reason I called. Um, I'm two for two. Uh, Rob Astorino is great. He's, uh, I, the last time I called, he had just called in, and now he gives us this, uh, the way news is supposed to be done, Re- you know, recorded. Secret camera, hey, if you must, you know. But this is, re- this is replacement migration. I'm your, 
I'm your Latino Trump Democrat uh, in Manhattan here. here. Hi. <laughs> That's great. That's great. But now what do you think, Eric, by the way, and, and Rob Astorino, of course, Westchester, card. former uh, Westchester County executive. What, what do you think of what's going on? The fact that we still don't know where the people in Westchester or the people wherever, Eric, where do they go? We don't know. It, it depends. It depends what their job is in the in the in the scheme of things. When all you know, when when everything sorted out, these, a lot of these people are, are, you know, men of military age. I mean, I don't want to speculate too much. But again, it is it's replacement migration. They're, they're going to try to pull a race car. I mean, they, they they basically already did. She's going back to slavery. I mean, come on. Not by the, by the way, you know, Eric, you brought up a great point. That line about it being replacement migration, that is, you know, that's what, you know, Mark Morgan and these people who've never seen the border like this believe. Um, that's, you know, a really powerful point. Let's go to Tony in Brooklyn. Tony, your thoughts. Go ahead, Tony. Hey, Rita. Hey, Tony, um, what do you think about okay. all this? The fact that we do not know where they went. We don't know who they are, where they went, how many. I think that these people that are being flown around throughout the country are going to save this country one day. How's that? They're going to they're gonna do the work that everyday Americans do not want to do. Americans are resigning from their jobs. They don't want to work. They're lazy. They just want to stay home. They want to get paid working these Mickey Mouse Zoom jobs when the real jobs out in the street are not getting done. And these uh, migrants are filling the gap. You mean, is that what you're thinking? They're sort of filling the now. Listen, okay, two things, Tony. First off. Yes, there are illegal immigrants who are doing, you know, you see a lot of them doing gardening work or doing these these other jobs. On the other hand, that is not a reason to bring in individuals who are not vetted. You know, it's not a reason to bring in folks who are, when I say not vetted, I'm not even just talking criminal record. I'm talking about the coronavirus. I mean, there's a million of these things that they are not being checked for. Um, it's it's an absolute national security risk. And it's not just even, you know, from the southern border. I mean, we saw this, a number of Afghan refugees. There's a lot of great folks that helped us in Afghanistan. And I think all of them and an American should come here and get back to American soil that were over there in Afghanistan for sure. But then remember, they were rushing those flights out. And it was like these guys who were like 50 with brides that were like 12. You know, I mean, they weren't vetting them. You know, I mean, you have to check who's coming into this country. And I also don't think that, you know, the, the quote, fill in the gap is a reason to expose ourselves with just whoever comes into this country for them to get a free pass and a free ride, uh, literally coming into Westchester and elsewhere. I mean, the whole thing is just outrageous. Uh, Gino, Jack, really quick, because you've been on hold for a while. Gino, real quick, Gino. Karina, uh, first of all, I want to say thanks for giving the time to help American veterans. Oh, always. I love you guys, always. But I want you to know, after all of it's said and done, I'm going to hit you with a rapid fire with a few things. Yep, real quick, Gino. First of all, this is it. Joe Biden is not even going to be at the funeral tomorrow, and he's going to be in New York the next day. He's a thug, and his vice president is a witch, and get a load of this. Good news for American veterans. Martina Baruta, who was 40 years with the VA, was fired the other day for misappropriation and embezzling funds. She turned American veterans out in their 80s into 18 degrees below zero for the Manhattan VA. She turned them out into, into Nor'easters. I witnessed it. Wow. And she was fired for stealing, for stealing. 
Wow. By the way, I'm glad that she was fired if indeed she did do that. You know, Gino. And, you know, Gino, you bring up a great point because I was thinking the same thing about, well, first of all, it's outrageous what you're telling me of how the veterans were treated. And, you know, I think they should be treated like gold because they are our precious, you know, our our precious resource, them and law enforcement. Uh, You know, I love you guys. Um, The other thing also, Gino, I thought about the exact same thing that you just said about the president coming to New York. Why couldn't you come on the day of a police funeral and come there? I thought the exact same thing. You know, you somehow were able to come the next day, but you don't come the day of one of the most important police funerals in New York history and American history. Everybody knows the case of these two NYPD cops. Everybody feels feels connected to them. And I agree with you. He is missing the mark. He should be there tomorrow. A lot of leaders should be there tomorrow. And if they really cared and wanted to back the blue, they would be there tomorrow. I'm going to be there tomorrow, Gino, and I'm going to bring a lot of Kleenex because I promise you it's going to be very emotional for anybody being there. When we come back, we're going to continue talking on the Rita Cosby Show. And also, by the way, some big news about Whoopi Goldberg. If you haven't heard, she's been suspended, and we're going to tell you why for her comments Basically saying, oh, the Holocaust wasn't about race. Outrageous. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And you're listening to the Rita Cosby Show. By the way, in the last few hours, getting the news that ABC News has suspended the View host Whoopi Goldberg for a few weeks after she drew a lot of criticizing for declaring that the Holocaust was, quote, not about race. Take a listen to what she said last night on Stephen Colbert. It upset a lot of people, which was never, ever, ever, ever my intention. I thought we were having a discussion uh, because I feel being black when we talk about race, it's a very different thing to me. Mm-hmm. So I said that I, I felt that the Holocaust wasn't about race. And people got very, very, very angry and still are angry. I mean, I'm getting, you know, all of the, the mail from folks and mm-hmm. the very real anger because people feel very differently. But I thought it was a, a salient discussion because... As a black person, I think of race as being something that I can see. So I see you and I know what race you are. Because the Jews aren't black, they can't be victimized for their race. I'm glad ABC threw the book at her. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stan from Forest Hill. Stan, your thoughts. I'm having problem with this whole conversation. I really do. Because Hitler killed the Jews for one reason, no other reason, Jews, Jews. If they wore a mezuzah, he killed them. If they had a yarmulke, he killed them. Absolutely. If they had Jewish names, he killed them. Yes. If he saw, and what is that? That's religion. race. That's that's religion. Right, but he considered them. If you're them, a Jew, you Stan, were no good. If Stan, you were white, he considered them an inferior race. And I think that Whoopi Goldberg, that fact that she tried. To double down and try to say, oh, well, I can't believe race. Uh, race is only black people being victimized. Like, how could white people be oppressed? It shows ignorance. It shows stupidity. She was on the biggest 
one of the biggest shows in the country, and I'm glad that ABC has taken a stand. Bravo.